0: So as we continue to explore Haggai, the prophet, we see we the people are, have returned from exile in Babylon and they're re inhabiting the, the land of Israel and Jerusalem particularly and they're building their own homes and they've got their own business, their own things in their mind. They've got to get married, get mortgages, pay bills, fight off enemies, <laughs> pay debts, plant crops. So many things to do to make that land um, um, a place where they can live again, and which can be occupied. And, and in the midst of all that, and then the desire to build their own lives, they forgot actually needs God central to the community. And so the prophet Haggai comes along and, and reminds them, said, "Hey, wait a minute! You said it's not time to build the house of the Lord, but God said something different. God said that's the first thing, the first priority is God's presence amongst you." So. God says to them, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I'm going from um, verse 2 in chapter 1. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time is not yet to come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains. And bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to invite Daniel to come and share with us. And um, he's got a last bit, some last minute notice to do this. So we're trusting the Holy Spirit's going to, to speak through him. And Daniel was speaking, preaching this morning, gave a wonderful sermon this morning. I'd recommend you go and listen on the, the podcast if you didn't hear it. But Daniel's a mission partner from the, uh, the Methodist Church united kingdom and he's um he was based in Cameroon for several years as a lecturer and a theological college there and um now he's in italy uh he's been based in Milan area and now he's moving to Rome so um so it's quite a key role for the Methodist Church to have a Methodist representative in Rome um to represent the Methodist voice, so we're glad Daniel's the man who's doing it. God's put his man in the right place. So um, I'm going to hand over to Daniel and see what God's going to say through him. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray for Daniel. We pray that your Holy Spirit will move through him, Lord, that your unction will come upon him, that your words will flow through his mouth and his lips, that he will speak the words that you desire him to see. Lord, that he will give us a message that challenges us, transforms us, and changes our perspective forever. And the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Can you all all hear me? Is the microphone? Yeah. Um, So we were sent to Italy um, three years ago, and um, the Italian church, as I mentioned this morning, they have a situation where you've got traditional Methodist churches, which are as traditional as probably you can imagine, and then suddenly 30 people turn up who don't speak Italian, who are very different in their expression of Methodism to the local kind of expression, and their way of worshipping is not often different. Their, their style of praising God is different. So the Italian Methodist Church in its wisdom has said, let's do everything together. Let's not have separate church services for the different cultures. Let's try and be together and let's worship together. And um, you can imagine what that can be like when you've got different desires in the congregation. So, for example, some of the members are very traditional they like the liturgy they like um they like to do things the very traditional way some of the members particularly from my wife's country in ghana they like to dance they like to jump they like to do all sorts of things really that probably you know are not what people in italy are used to and then this all happens it's like a big curry really it it can go off you know um but it's wonderful because churches that were going to close so i'm in a church in navarra which is um i was in a church in navarra which is 50 kilometers from milan the circuits are huge because protestantism in italy is not catholicism in italy which is very big protestantism is a minority church so the migrants who have come in have really blessed um the churches so navarra church where i worked was going to close it had about not very many members left mostly sort of not enough to continue the church. And then people came, mostly Ghanaians, and um, brought a totally different approach to worship and to spirituality. But God blessed the people in Navarra. They said, well, let's work with this. And some of them were very traditional in their outlook, but they said, no, let's be open to the Holy Spirit. And one of the elderly uh, members who... He's as traditional as you can imagine. I mean, you know Norman Warwick, he's he's more traditional than Norman Warwick, okay. He's he's traditional. But he, he has managed to to adjust and, and he's he's not a young chicken. He's not a young chicken like me. He um he's he's seen a few things, but he has really adjusted and adapted and as a result that church has done very well and um and this is what can happen when we're open to what God is doing. And a lot of the people who are coming are, are not like the people in this passage from Haggai, where people had gone back to the, the, the people's land, and they'd, instead of thinking about the Lord, they'd started to think about other things. And, and actually, what, what's so, such a blessing is to have been in a situation in Italy where people in a similar kind of parallel way, of travelling to, to a land that's not... Alright, it's not their land, whereas it was the Jews' land, but it's, um, it's a different land, but there's so many things when you move to another country, you've got to figure out how to put petrol in your car, you've got to figure out, you know, how to fill in your tax return. There's so many things you have to learn that are just totally, totally different from inland revenue. And so... It's not easy and it's very easy when you go into a a difficult situation like that and you can just imagine the situation that the Hebrews found themselves in where they had to start from scratch. Although it had been a glorious nation, they were starting from scratch. And of course, your priority can easily be, well, I've got to have a job. I've got to have an income. I've got to have my children sorted out. I've got to get everything like that sorted out. I can't be coming to church on a Sunday. Well, they weren't going to church, but, you know. Can't be going to the temple on, was it Saturday? You check, brother. You can't be doing that. We've got, to, we've got to do other things. We're so busy with life. We can't put God first. And, of course, that's what can happen to us, isn't it? Especially Especially when, you know, the challenges. I mean, I know for my family, people have got... Um, very hectic lives. And to stop on a Sunday and just praise God is is something that, you know, even if they want to, even if they're believers, the, the world is clamouring for our attention. I mean, it's not, just, it's not just that you work in the week now, is it? You, your phone sort of beeps, and it, bing, and somebody's telling you something about work. And it happens 24 hours a day now, doesn't it? You can wake up in the morning and bing, I've turned that bing off, but... You know, it's it's always people are always clamouring for our attention now, and it's very easy to let God be eclipsed by the noise that we're sort of deafening noise of the world. Isn't it so easy to allow ourselves to be caught up in another rhythm? And we had a wonderful prayer just now about getting the tune of God, singing the tune of the Lord. It's so easy to get into the wrong dance, into the wrong timing, and to be out of time with what God wants to do in our lives. And what has really encouraged me about working in Italy is the way in which some of the people, and some of them have come from terrible situations and terrible backgrounds and terrible sort of poverty sometimes, And yet they put Jesus first. And sometimes I've been worried, like, to register your children for school in Derbyshire is complicated. But you just try doing it in Italian. I tell you, when you don't know the language, it was sort of like, um, well, it was very spiritual exercise. You know, (laughs) Which button do I click? And everything's online. And, of course, that's not helpful if you're not very good at the language, if everything's online. Because it's easier if you've got someone you can talk to. If it's on if it's uh, someone you don't know, so it's very easy when you're under that kind of pressure to let God slide into the background, and that's what the people did. but of course, if we don't put God first, well, what is life without Jesus? I mean what what actually is life without God? You know we can say we're busy, we can say we've got a lot to do, but is life really worth living if we're not spending time with our Maker? I, imagine the, the presence. Imagine the presence of the Queen coming to visit us. We'd all have the red carpet out, wouldn't we? And we'd have the what we have the flags and the bunting and the, we'd have everything, wouldn't we? You know, like when they had the jubilee. It was this time of year, wasn't it? We don't worry. You're from you know. Very, okay. I won't <laughs> say any more. So, yeah, you know. It's, it's something that we'd all go over to, to the top with, isn't it? But God, every day, every moment of the day, we can welcome God's Spirit who's, who's ever ready knocking on the door of our hearts to come in. And we can spend time in the presence of God, the maker of heaven and earth. Jesus was raised from the dead. The power that God has is, is visible in that. The, the power that he spoke and the world was created. The power of God is available to us. But so often, we're, we're on our phones. We're watching BBC News. We're, we're watching EastEnd. I don't know what we're doing. We're just busy doing stuff that's just a waste of time, aren't we? We're just wasting our time. And when you look at John Wesley's life and Susanna Wesley, they were just focused on spending time with Jesus. Susanna Wesley writes, she says she says to her children, she says, retire often. Now she's not talking about pensions. She means, get out of the rustle, hustle and bustle of, of things and take time to be with Jesus often during the day. Not once, but often during the day. Our phones are always online, aren't they? And and they're always... I'm not saying the phone is synonymous with the world, but it's always wanting our attention. And so we're always chatting with somebody or talking on WhatsApp to somebody. or It could be anywhere in the world now. And the whole world, literally, is on WhatsApp talking to you all the time, asking you things or doing... Maybe it's not WhatsApp, maybe it's Facebook. I've managed to stay clear of that. But, you know, maybe it's Twitter. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your emails. But all the time... We're connected. But our, we're not connected to God. We've got 3G coverage with the world. But with God, we're letting our connection become severed. Because oh, we're doing something very important. And that's what happened to these people. They didn't have mobile phones. Well, I don't think they did. There's this hot, the biblical scholars will probably come up with that next to get a PhD. But anyway, um, they didn't have mobile phones. But they, they got focused on the wrong things. And what was the result? Their life just didn't move. You, life without God. Is pointless. It's pointless. I, I say this because. When I was um, 18. I came to Christ. And it was through a retired Methodist minister. And at the time. I was um, at school. Well I wasn't actually at school. But I was technically speaking. I was at school. But actually. I wasn't actually going to school. And I was technically doing A-levels. But in actual fact, I wasn't doing A-levels because I wasn't actually going to classes, which is quite important if you're doing A-levels. And I was sort of flunking totally in in school. And I couldn't... I I tried hard the first year, but all of my ability I put into it, it just didn't... I didn't manage to do it on my own strength. It just... And I didn't know at the time that I'm dyslexic. I didn't know then... And then I met this retired Methodist minister he was 74, he was about as funky and hip-hop as, I don't know, Abraham or somebody. You know, he wasn't cool, but he, he, he prayed with me, and God came into my life. And then he started to advise me about what the Bible was saying, and, and he said, you know, if you're a Christian, it shouldn't just be a Sunday thing. You know, you can't tell me you're messing about at school and then you're a Christian. And he said, pray about it. Pray about school. Pray that God will help you to do school. And he would pray with me about school and he'd, he'd also try and get me to study. And that worked because he gave me lots of chocolate biscuits. And um, he prayed with me, ministered to me. And now, and I say this not for any other reason but to tell you that the power of the resurrection is alive. I have a PhD. That, that's, I don't care that I have a PhD Jesus won't care either he'll ask me if I was nice to my mother um, that's what Jesus will be interested in was I nice to my wife and my mother but that's an example of the power that rose Jesus from the dead I was academically more than dead and through prayer through, through all sorts of things God changed my life now academics isn't really it's a small thing in the scheme of things, but it's just an illustration of what God can do in our lives. If we have God in our lives, things start to get ordered, things start to go well. If we put Jesus first, things start to be in the right order. But if we don't put Jesus first, we try and do things in our own strength. We try and do things our way, and and, and we are obsessed with the world and we have 3g connection with the world or it's 4g or 5g i don't know we're in the world but we're not focusing on god we'll end up burning out we'll end up getting depressed or we'll end up getting tired or we'll end up having problems with our families or because we need that power we need to plug in as we you know we shouldn't remember to charge our phones and not remember to charge our spiritual batteries because if we, if we can be obsessed with charging our phones and obsessed with checking we've got data on our phones, we need to be more obsessed with plugging in to Jesus. Because if we don't, life is it's like my car. It doesn't move. Well, sometimes it does if you put petrol in. But without petrol, it certainly doesn't move. And it's getting old. Let us not be like my car. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's be filled with Jesus. Let's not be like the people Who had moved away from God. They not only moved house. But they would moved away from God in their priorities. Let's not be like that. Let's retire from our phones often. Let's put them in flight mode. And pray. Let's spend time with God. Muslims pray five times a day. We can do it all the time. We don't have to just do it five days a day. We can be praying. We can be spending time with God. Maybe half an hour here. An hour here. Let's spend time in the presence of God. And we'll see our lives change. We'll see things differently. We'll experience life differently. And things will change. I tell you this because, because of, I've seen it happen in my life. I'm not very old, but I've seen it happen. And I know it happens. And I know that if God can use a retired Methodist minister who's 74 to change my life like this, then he must be a God of glory. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we pray that anything I've said that is useful, you will bless it, Lord, to to us here. And if it's not, Lord, we actually will throw it away, Jesus. Anything we've said, Lord, let it be examined by you, God, in our spirits. Amen.
0: So Daniel has to, um, unfortunately, um, rush off because he's on the way to London, so he just stopped to preach and then get back in the car again, so God bless him. John Wesley, off his horse, preach back on his horse again, but God bless you, safe journey, God bless you, thank you very much. So we just want to really reflect on what, what Daniel has said, isn't it? We we think about those people in that land of Israel as they're rebuilding the temple, Um How they lost God as a priority. They built their houses. Their houses had nice panelled houses. They were planting their fields. They were getting jobs. They were bringing up their children. But there was something that was missing. And God was saying to them, there's something that's missing in your life. You've got I mean, the description reminds me a bit like Glasgow. Your clothes don't keep you warm, your money falls out your pockets. <laughs> it's a bit like everybody who lives in Glasgow, you know. Always cold, never have money, and it's um, never nothing ever seems to work out. That's the, the t- typical story. And it's a story we hear from lots of people, isn't it? We see lots of people in our lives, they just seem to have more and more and more, and access to more money, access to more better things. I mean, I remember when I was younger and we... We were getting furniture and things we had to we went to the tip we went to places at like that and we got, we got furniture and we found things and we begged, borrowed, and stole whatever we we could find we didn 't steal it but <laughs> That's the phrase, isn't it? but um, you know, and yeah, we may do. But nowadays, young people they go and they go into to shops and they they get credit and debt and they buy sofas and they, and they, they buy their first home and it's it's laid out immaculate like the the Beckhams, you know. And it's there's this this aspiration to have things better. Yet, yet more and more people are suffering from depression. More and more people are taking their lives. More and more people feel that they have less and less and less. And so they have everything around them. Everything might seem in place, but their lives seem empty. And we see that in the celebrity, don't we? We see so many celebrities who who look like they've got everything. Private jets, money, go to the Caribbean, can do what they want, when they want, yet take their own lives. Get addicted to drugs because it's never enough. It never satisfies. It never brings a... And that's what God's saying to people, you know, you can keep on building your own lives, but it's never going to be satisfied, it's never going to be enough, it's never going to bring the harvest, it's never going to bring the bounty. And so we come and we say, God says, I'm the one who brings the bounty, I'm the one who brings the harvest, I'm the one who fills your pockets, I'm the one who brings you joy, I'm the one who brings you love. So we come seeking that God tonight, you know, to say to God, help us break that connection with, the, with that 3G, 4G, 5G connection with the world. Help us in our distractions to not be talked distracted by the world and the needs of the world demands the world upon us. But, but help us to retire and to find those places and times of prayer. Help us as a people and as a church to put the presence and the power of God amongst us in our lives as a priority. And it's so easy as a church to become so busy as a church, isn't it? And you would have so many things and so much things to do, but where is God in the midst of it? You can be busy and you can be church, but God's not there. You're just building your own house. You're not building the kingdom of God or God's house. And so we want to build God's house.